I want you to come with me on a journey. And for this journey, you can't take your car. No air conditioning. You can't take your cell phone. We have to walk maybe 15 miles a day. Maybe we could do 15 miles a day. If we did 15 miles a day, we'd walk one day 15 miles. The second day, we'd have covered 30 miles, then 45 miles, 60 miles, 75 miles, that'd be about right. Somewhere around 75 miles. And you might cover the distance between Nazareth and Jerusalem. At 12 years old, young boys would have this opportunity for the very first time to make that journey for the Passover feast. To go there where Israel looked to the temple, the temple of God. And as they came up that hill and looked over and saw that temple, wow, amazing. After, after being in the, in the huts and the hovels of, of some city out away, suddenly to come into Jerusalem, there's this huge temple there, massive complex. That'd be pretty impressive. Jesus made that trip with his parents, according to Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 41. And they, they went there, and Jesus, as he was there at Jerusalem, began to watch what was happening there in the Passover service. He began to think about himself. He began to think about the scriptures, and he began to realize that it was all connected. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12 is where Passover was instituted. God says in verse 3, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, According to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And Jesus began to see in this a picture of himself. He began to see at 12 years old that these things were speaking of his life. Verse 5, it says, Your lamb shall be without blemish. Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God. This spoke about Him. Verse 7, And they shall take some of the blood from that Lamb and put it on the doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat it. And so they were to take this blood and it was to cover that house. It was to shield them. It was to protect them. It was to get them through this 
time. It was a sign, verse 13 says. It was a sign. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The blood of that lamb saved them from destruction. A picture of Jesus dying for us. And he began to think about these things at the age of 12 and realize what was coming in his life. I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. We read in Romans, the wages of sin is death. Jesus began to see His sacrifice making a difference for you and I. His life given for our life. The life of that lamb with its blood on the door was a picture of Jesus who would give Himself for you and I. Imagine the impact on a 12-year-old. How many of you are 12 out here? Some of you. Some of you. Anybody 12 here? Any of our? You're 12 plus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Any 12-year-olds? Zoe's almost 10. So not quite 12. Can you imagine the impact of this thinking on a 12-year-old? How would that... How would that How would that affect a 12-year-old? It'd be real tempting to think, that's too much for me. But he began to think about it. He began to think about it. Isaiah chapter 53, he connected connected Exodus 12 and the service that he was seeing with the prophecies of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53 and verse 3. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows. How would that feel to a 12-year-old? How would that affect him? What would he think about that? That'd be a tough thing to deal with at 12 years old. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Jesus thought about these words. He began to think about them. As he wandered into the school run by the rabbis, and they began to sing the glories of the coming Messiah and the time of our deliverance. From Roman oppression. And Jesus in his little boy voice. Sir, but what about Isaiah? What about, what about he shall be despised and rejected by men? What what about verse 4? Surely He has borne our griefs and carried 
our sorrows. Can you see Jesus considering this as a 12-year-old boy? Can you see Jesus looking at the lamb being offered there, being killed his blood being put on the doorpost. Can, can you imagine Jesus thinking about this verse as he's, do, as he's seeing this happen? He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. We transgressed he was wounded. Is that, a, is that a fair exchange? I mean, think about it. The next time I get a ticket, are you going to run down and pay it for me? No? Yeah. Don't worry, it's been many, many years. <laughs> he was wounded for our transgressions. And as Jesus watched the life flowing out of that lamb, he thought about himself wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Think about how that affected Jesus as he stood there, 12 years old, contemplating what's going on. Is it any wonder that when his parents left, he was still in thought? He's still thinking about this. He's still first time realizing this is my life. Played out year after year in the Jewish economy. Year after year, this ceremony is done pointing forward to the coming suffering Messiah. Year by year, it pointed to Him. Verse 10. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. He has put Him to grief. When you make His soul an offering for sin. Jesus realized his life was to be an offering for sin. Verse 12, Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because, why? Why was Jesus exalted? Because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many. And made, trans, and made intercession for transgression. This was what Jesus realized was his life. When we went overseas, my mom would watch the TV. And back in those days, the riots were happening in Seoul City almost every day. When we got there, we almost got used to the smell of tear gas. Because <laughs> it was just there all the time. And you'd walk around, and it was just there. But my mom would watch these things, and she would say... <laughs> 
honey, are you sure God's calling you there? <laughs> are you really sure rocks and bottles, flying Molotov cocktails, tear gas going the other way, rubber bullets, the whole bit, you know? Honey, are you really sure? What was Jesus thinking at 12 years old? Is this really my life? Is this really where I need to go? How much faith, if it took me some faith to step out and go to Korea, how much faith did it take Jesus to say, yes, I will walk this blood-stained path? The faith of Jesus to step out and say, yes, I will live this life. I read the scriptures. I understand this is what you've called me to. I see the sacrifice. I know this is where God is calling me. The faith of Jesus. It's incredible. I'll be honest. I wouldn't have been there. Check, please. I'm leaving. <laughs> right? You know? But Jesus saw this and said, yes, for them, because of you and me, I will do this. <sighs> Is it any wonder that the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus is, is one of our fundamental beliefs? It's, it's, it's no wonder, is it? Jesus was willing to do that for us. To make intercession a go-between for you and I. Jesus had the faith to go and live that life for you and me. It's incredible. But then we come down to the end of his life. We come down to the end of his life in Matthew 26. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, Jesus is facing the end of his life. Matthew 26 and verse 38. Matthew 26 and verse 38. Jesus walking into the Garden of Gethsemane. Sin beginning to press down on him. He's beginning to feel that separation from his father. That communion he had known from eternity was being eclipsed by your sin and mine. Jesus, at the end of his life here, declares to his disciples, verse 38, Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Yes, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. This was the king of glory who need not have any shadow of sorrow in his life, but he came to this earth for you and me, experienced the woes of humanity and was willing to go to the cross. And here he is, beginning to feel that coming down on him. And he says, my soul, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Even, Jesus said, to death. 
oh, what it was to have those disciples with Him. And so he, He pleads with them, stay here and watch with Me. And Luke records that being in agony, He prayed more earnestly than, than his sweat, <laughs> his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Matthew chapter 27, Jesus hangs on the cross. Matthew 27, and beginning with verse 39. Matthew 27, and beginning with 39. And those who passed by as Jesus hung on the cross for you and I, not for his own sin, but for yours and mine. They passed by and they, they blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. How tempting was it for Jesus to answer that if? To say, watch, buddy. Let me show you. Let me show you something. How tempting was that? And yet, here he was, hanging there for you and I. The king of glory, despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. Verse 46. Verse 46. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, oh yeah, all that stuff there, right? That stuff you just don't do. And it means, my God, my God, why have you... What? Forsaken. Forsaken. Who forsook him? The disciples? Yes. But that wasn't what brought him the keenest suffering, right? Who forsook him? All of those who said they would follow him anywhere? Yes. But that wasn't what really shook him to the core. Were the angels there to help him now? No angels. Who was it that had forsaken him that reached to the depths of his soul? In fact, as we go on, the, the, second, the two verses later, what happens? They gave him something to drink, let him alone. And then in verse 50, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Who forsook him? God. Because of your sin and mine, Jesus was forsaken. Jesus had faith at, at 12 years old to live a life Dedicated to blessing you. As he came to the end of his life, 
and there was no reason other than his great love for you. He hung on that cross. He died for you there on that cross. And he had faith to go through that. The faith of Jesus to die for you. The faith of Jesus to live for you. The faith of Jesus to die for you. Twelve years old. At twelve years old, I was thinking about how to pitch a baseball better. That's what I was thinking about at twelve years old. I want to be like Steve Carlton, only, only I'm right-handed. Well, when I throw a baseball, I'm right-handed anyway. Been better if I'd been left like Steve. Steve, Cy Young winner, strikeout king. That's, that's where I wanted to be at 12 years old. A few years later, I found the faith of Jesus. I found the faith of Jesus and it changed the direction of my life. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the Lord when I get to heaven, well, what would have happened if I had gone down the baseball path? I have distinct feelings that it would not have been good. I, I just, I don't know why. I just, you know, I'd have been sailing off somewhere where I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been where I am today. That's for sure. I found the Lord and that faith of Jesus. Paul talks about it in our, in our uh, scripture reading for today. Paul is talking about it in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians Beginning with verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, the good news, the good news of this crucified, risen Savior, the one who loved you that much to live for you, had that much faith to die for you, that good news, that gospel, that Jesus loved you so much. That's what Paul was preaching. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and in which you stand. We stand in the gospel of Christ. Our lives would not be if it were not for what Jesus did. We are here because of him. And so we have this. It was for them salvation. Notice verse 2. By which also you are saved. This is what Jesus did for us. Am I preaching to you today any other gospel than what the scriptures tell you? This is old news Pastor, give us something new and exciting. Brothers and sisters, this is the best news there is. <laughs> this is the good news, the gospel. It doesn't get any better than this. And this needs to be in our hearts fresh every morning as we kneel down beside our beds. It needs to be a renewing of that relationship, a re-understanding of what Jesus has done for us, a recommittal to this gospel 
to this faith of Jesus. Because as we go forward, we will find this is the message for the world. Revelation chapter 14. I come back to it and I come back to it because our fundamental beliefs are tied into who we are and why we are here in this world. This is not, again, this is not just intellectual thoughts that we have and we all go, yeah, that one sounds good. This is who we are. This is what we believe. This is the bedrock, the foundation of what we believe. Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14. Then I saw another angel. Verse 6. Another angel flying in the midst of heaven. Having what? Everlasting good news. Good news. Everlasting good news. This everlasting good news is the ninth fundamental belief. Jesus gave himself for you and me. The good news. And what are we supposed to do with it? Keep it in our pockets? Preach. We're to preach it. Having the everlasting gospel to preach to ourselves. Sabbath mornings, right? We're just supposed to hear it here and this is the only place we deal with it, right? Yep. To preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Do you figure that might include Lakeland? Just kind of wondering. <laughs> right? This is our work, brothers and sisters. This is who we are. This is why we're here. We're not here to know the latest, greatest TV show. We're not here in order to, to listen to the coolest new song and be one up on our buds. We're not here so that we can have the best car, the best house, the best retirement. That's not what it's about. Because after all of those things... It's still dust. No. We are here to preach that everlasting gospel to everyone who dwells on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. This is what we are supposed to do. How do we preach that? How do we do it? How do we make this happen? That fire of that faith of Jesus has to burn in our hearts first. It needs to drive us to our knees. It needs to help us realize that if we're going to reach this church, even this city, it's going to be because the God of heaven is in it. And we need his help. Brothers and sisters, we have no choice but to ask God for His help, to plead with Him, to make us faithful like Jesus. But they don't just have these people of faith like Jesus who are willing to step out, to step out. If Jesus was willing at 12 to step out on a, on a life 
of sacrifice for you and me. Are we willing at this point in our church existence to step out in sacrifice for Lakeland? That's the bottom line, isn't it? Let's be real about this. If we believe this message, if it's real, if, it, if it's meaningful at all, then it needs to be something that makes a difference in our lives. And if we are going to be the people of Revelation 12 or 14, verse 12, take note. Here is the patience of the saints. Patience. We need that patience. But it goes on and says, here are those who keep the commandments of God. Why are you here on Saturday instead of Sunday? Because we keep the commandments of God, yes? But more. We have to have the faith of Jesus. That's what we have to be. Like Jesus. We have to be like Him. Willing to sacrifice like Him. To be willing to give ourselves like Him. To be willing to step out in faith like Him. And to do that, we have to have the faith of Jesus in our hearts. Renewed daily. Renewed on our knees. Renewed because way too often it is way too easy for in this world for us to get pulled off by something else. I invite you this morning to walk with me to Jerusalem. No car, no air conditioner, no radio, no cell phone, none of those things to distract us. We're going to get to, to, get to Jerusalem to see a picture of Jesus and realize that picture of Jesus is what we are to reflect, to be like Him. We are this people. We are the people called in these last days to make a sacrifice. And it's not going to be because we're just retired now and it's all good. Hey, I got plenty of time. I've, I've talked to some retired folks. They're busier now is what I hear than they ever were. They're saying to me, I need to go back to work so I can relax. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about giving up self for others. That's the faith of Jesus. If we're going to have the faith of Jesus, people are going to know it not just because we say, hey, here's a track from Amazing Facts. It'll change your life. Yeah, it might. But it's not because of the tract so much as it is because of your life. The way you live toward them. The willingness that you show to make a difference. The willingness that I show to make a difference. To go where people need you. Praise God, some of our congregation went up to Apopka this week. Was it a blessing? People can be blessed because you're willing to make a sacrifice. It was a drive for those who went up there, and I thank you so much. It was a drive to go up there. It took time out of their life 
to go and minister to others. But that is what makes a difference in other people's lives. Brothers and sisters, we're not called here simply to make ourselves more like Jesus by keeping the rules. We're here to make ourselves like Jesus by giving up ourselves. That was what he saw at 12 years old. This week, I invite you to nurture that faith of Jesus in your life. To make it your plan this week. If necessary, yes. Sacrifice. Get up a little earlier. Does that mean maybe turning off the TV one program ahead the night before? Maybe. I know, man. That's asking a lot. But I just have to see this next episode. Come on. Seriously? Take that walk to Jerusalem. Put it away. Get up. Spend time with God. We're counseled to spend a thoughtful hour each day on the life of Christ. To focus especially on those closing scenes. Plan on it today. Nurture that faith of Jesus. But watch out. When you make that kind of commitment, God says, ooh, 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 here's one I can use. (laughs) God's excited, man. Ooh, here's one I can use. And so he'll bring you into contact with somebody. And oh, man, I'm scared. What do I say? How do I deal with it? Will you take that step of faith and live for him? Jesus did it as a 12-year-old boy. I bet I can do it. (laughs) To live for someone else, we can do it. So I invite you two ways this week, two ways to have the faith of Jesus. Drink it in from the word of God and prayer. And then secondly, step out in faith for someone else. Faithfully as Jesus did.